0: Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome to Upbeat, and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. And if you like the show leave an upbeat review that is always super appreciated so thank you for that today's guest is a mindset mentor life and business strategist trainer with tony robbins owner and real estate broker at eXp Realty, investor, talk show host, and keynote speaker. His name is Tony Rodriguez, founder of Get Up and Grow. You can find more information on his website, getupandgrow.com. That's get up the letter N, grow.com. Tony is a certified high-performance strategist who has invested and been involved in personal development and high-performance development for over 20 years which is incredible. And as a trainer, he has helped thousands of people experience transformations in all aspects of their lives, emotional, personal, business, relationships, and health. And that's largely what we get into on today's episode of Upbeat, as well as Tony shares with us the power and the importance of sharing our own stories. And we talk a lot about forgiveness and healing and how to heal and how to, you guessed it, get up and grow. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Tony, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited to be here.
1: Oh, I am super excited. And you are uh, one of the first few guests that I'm having on the show that I met on Clubhouse. Uh, so before we jump into your story and things like that, I just want to do a hot take. Like, What do you think of Clubhouse so far?
0: Listen, I think Clubhouse is an amazing platform. It's something that will can literally turn decades into days of your life, of your business experience of, of, in business and just of connection with people, the people that you can connect with. Um, it's, just, it's just amazing. Uh, just the people that I met and the opportunities that I've already been dealt um, and that are still coming in is absolutely amazing. Um, it is a, platform that could be very addictive, uh, especially with, the, with people that, you know, have FOMO real bad, right. The fear of missing out. Um, you can really get lost in this. I've spent a lot of hours on it yet. I'm doing it with intention. Um, I, 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 I told myself that I would dedicate four weeks going hard on it, so to speak. And now I'm being more, I mean, all the while, by the way, all the while I'm still doing business, I'm still taking care of what I've got to take care of. And I, I've, I think, I don't know that I've coined the term, but clubhouse radio, right? Like right now we're talking on the iPad. I'll run clubhouse on my iPad and then I'll have my phone, but I'll be taking calls, making calls and still conducting business. Uh, so just make sure that, you know, when you're on clubhouse, you're actually still doing things and you never, you always want to make sure that when you're learning, that learning doesn't just turn to knowledge because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. When you Use that knowledge. Knowledge and action is power. So I just encourage everybody to you know do something every day that you've learned to make your life better. To do something today that's going to make your tomorrow better than than today.
1: Wow, absolutely love that, and I would definitely agree with with what you said about Clubhouse, and then the advice with with it being addictive and just uh, managing your time and and allotting yourself time to to go hard on the app and. And I love what you said, too, about go hard for about four weeks or so, because once you get started, you've got to just jump in and, and experience it. But also, we're so early with it right now that there can be some real almost hyper growth that takes place. <laughs> um, and, then, and I feel like now is a good time to jump kind of all in. But then, like you said, yeah, moderate it and, uh, and make sure you've got a good balance going on so you're not wasting all your time.
0: Yeah, no, without a doubt. Listen, one of the things that I've said is I res—I literally resisted Facebook and Instagram, and I never had MySpace ever. Uh, so when everybody was doing that in Periscope and everything else, I never jumped in. I kind of—I was one of those guys that resisted. Uh, so I've never been in on the ground floor, so to speak. I've never been an early adopter. This is the first time that I'm in that early adopter phase. You know, I—I I, I think I started the uh, beginning of uh, of. January. And even then, for like four or five days, I didn't really do anything. I only jumped in a few days afterwards. And then I was hooked, uh, just the opportunity to share. And again, this is what I do, right? This is, I I communicate. uh, I feel that one of my life's missions is to help ease suffering in the world. Uh, And we can get into that when when we start talking about it. And Clubhouse is an absolutely perfect place for me to do that. And it's not a, it, 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 listen, is it a pretentious place? It could be. There's people that are on there that are just talking and just talking to, 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 to hear themselves speak. Um, yeah, there's others that are dropping just amazing pearls of wisdom and the, 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 the caliber of people that have been on there, the CEOs and, and titans of industry they're there just giving you their time because everybody's excited about this app, right? So in the beginning, when people jump in, it's inevitable that they're going to be all in. So I encourage anybody right now is the time to be in Clubhouse and spend as much time now as possible. And in the coming months, because as the app gets larger and larger and larger, it's going to be harder for you to to establish your footprint and and, and establish a voice. You'll always be able to do it because there's always new people coming in. Yet, being an early adopter is uh, is really, really important. And I've seen that with the other social media platforms.
1: Absolutely. Love that. And you brought up a really interesting thing, which we can either get into or maybe get into afterwards. But um, I've noticed, I, I don't think you're alone. I think there are a lot of people blowing up on this app right now who uh, we're not very big into Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. It kind of surprises me because I will just get immense value from someone on Clubhouse. I'll click on their profile. I'll go to their Instagram and they've got like maybe a 100 followers <laughs> and, and they don't post hardly ever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are killing it on Clubhouse, but not so much on Instagram. And I think there's a lot of people like that, which is really kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I do want to get into your story and introduce you to the listeners here. So if you don't mind just sharing with us, uh, who is Tony Rodriguez? What were you like growing up? What's kind of been your mission and how have you gotten to where you are today?
0: Well, I will I I'll absolutely jump into that. And I will say just to go back to the previous comment about Instagram, there's a lot of people that, are, that opened up uh, Instagram accounts just for this because they didn't want to blend the two. Yet there are still people that have their Instagrams mm-hmm. closed, which is kind of crazy. Um, I'm one of those people. I had 2,100 Instagram followers when I when I came on here, and I, I've been posting pretty regularly for the last year and a half, maybe two years. Um, and now my, you know, I'm probably up to I don't know over five thousand somewhere. Literally more than doubled in the last uh, in the last six or seven weeks. So, but and there's a lot of people that are opened one up specifically for this. And I, like I said, I'm one of those people that, um, that never really got traction on it because I didn't pay for ads. You know, Yet there's other people that pay for, paid for ads as they came into Clubhouse because they knew that that was important. Uh, and you can actually go to, uh, to um, uh, socialblade.com and see who bought what, what uh, followers and when. So it's an interesting thing. So if you want to check that out, that's an interesting way to <laughs> see if who you're talking about really carries the weight that they're saying, or did they just buy a hundred thousand followers three weeks ago? Yeah. So, so I just figured I'd, I'd I'd wrap up that, uh, that question before I got into (laughs) Hawaii.
1: Thank you for that.
0: Of course. Listen, who am I? Um, I was born in Portugal. So I actually came here as a kid. I'm an immigrant, um, came here as a kid. when my parents immigrated to the United States at six years old, it was not a happy time for me. um, came to this country, not knowing uh, anyone I would, you know, I lived out kind of in the country type of thing. And I come here and I moved, my parents moved to Newark, New Jersey, which is not country, right? Uh, so growing up, it was, it was difficult. Um, my siblings joined, joined us a few months later after they finished their year in school. Um, but it was, it was tough growing up. It was tough growing up because um, my father was not a happy man, we'll say. Um, dealt with a lot of uh, physical, mental, emotional abuse. And it was just not a happy place to be. You know, people say, oh, I wish I could go back to, you know, being a kid again. I said, yeah, me too. Just not to the, the life that I grew up in. Um, it was just not a happy place. You know, I, and 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 because of that, growing up, um, I was a kid that was suicidal at 16. And I never did it because I said, well, you know, who the hell is going to tell my mom? She didn't deserve it. You know, And I decided um, right after that, that I would never give anything or anyone the satisfaction of my demise because that's what happens. I'm a bad quitter, right? And what happens is you're going to give that person, that situation, that thing that that is trying to break you, that's trying to hurt you, the satisfaction of your demise. So I decided then that I'm like, that's not going to happen. Right? Because not only that, but then you take whatever pain you're feeling, you multiply it, and you force feed it to the people that did love you. Even if it was just one or two people or three people, you multiply the pain because everybody, of course, says, what could I have done? What should I have done? And then they have to live with that. So, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big um, supporter of, of uh, suicide prevention. And, and I do a lot of work with that along with, you know, Tony Robbins and, and, and that part of it. And I'll get to that in a minute, you know, and like I, I, I like to say that God has a sense of humor. So, on my 18th birthday, I had a mass, on my birthday, I had a massive car accident. I was ejected from the car. The only thing, actually, I was ejected, but my legs kept me in because I turned and screamed an obscenity. I I say that a four letter word saved my life because I turned to my cousin who was driving and I was ejected and my legs kept me in. I came back in the car. Severe head and facial trauma. Um, As you can imagine, a head going through a windshield and coming back in. Um, And I just remember quote unquote, waking up in the hospital and looking down at my body or looking down at myself with the doctors around saying, F who's going to tell my mom, I'm dead. It was the most peaceful moment of my life. I can't even put it into words. Wasn't scary. Wasn't, uh, yeah, it was weird. It wasn't sad. It was just kind of very matter of fact, oh, God wasn't done with me because here I am. Right. Black tunnel, white light, and here's the experience, right? That The light flashing before your eyes, and it's true. It did, and there just wasn't much to see because at 18, I never had a girlfriend. At 18, um, I didn't play sports because my father didn't allow it. At 18, the only thing I've done is I've been working since 11, yes, even in this country. And at 18, I would have died without having lived. I would have died without having experienced life, and life is not to be survived. It's not to be just Just manage this to be experienced, it's to be tasted, it's to be lived, right? So I decided if I was going to die tomorrow, I would live today. I would live today. So obviously, this happened after I recovered. And if it went, listen, I I almost drowned as a kid several times because I couldn't swim. Still at 18, I couldn't really swim. I started scuba diving. I was afraid of heights. I started skydiving. If it went fast, I strapped my ass to it and I went. And, you know, I was a shy kid until my 18th birthday. So nobody would know who the hell I was. Right. I was scared of my own shadow. I had very few friends and I decided to live. I decided to, to, to that, that being shy wasn't working for me. I decided that I was going to experience life and taste life. And, and again, if I would die tomorrow, I would live today. So I got into real estate when I was 18 because I didn't go to college. I like to say that I've got a PhD, a public high school diploma. Uh, <laughs> that's because I didn't get to college and I've got no shame in my game as the saying goes, because Uh, I decided to get into real estate and I did that because I didn't believe that I could succeed in college and that I didn't want to want to set up myself for failure because I was told that I was dumb and stupid. I would never amount to anything, right? Not for any reason, except my father was an angry man that, you know, just um, never made peace with, with some of his demons, I guess, right? So, I got into real estate. He bet against me that I would that I would succeed. He bet me a thousand bucks that I would fail. I wouldn't sell anything in three months. Of course I did. My first commission was from selling a little barbecue restaurant on 148 South Street in Newark, New Jersey. My first commission was $737. And when I came home, I I went to the bank and got small bills and dumped it on the table and I said, give me my money. So my first commission was (laughs) $1,737. And I learned then that you tell me no and i'm going to i'm going to prove you wrong you tell me i can't do something and i'm going to i'm going to come back and i'm going to prove you wrong so i used that as fuel for several years that you know just making more money just to prove him wrong and beat him and make make my place in the world and i did that in my early twenties i bought my first house when i was 23 i opened up my own real estate office when i was 24 you know and i just freaking went you know hard all the while hating the fact that i had that accent because that caused some memory loss that caused You know, even still today, I I deal with a little bit of that. causes a lot of pain. I still deal with the pain that I from from that accident. So all the while, I'm like, man, I do anything to avoid that. I do anything not to have to 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 have gone through that because it it really came effed up my life. Well, when I met Tony Robbins 21 years ago, I learned something that changed my life again. And not even realizing that that accident had changed my life, but you know, I blamed the accident for so many things except. What I learned is that life is happening for me, not to me. Life is happening for you, not to you. And that's when I realized that, you know, that accident didn't come to knock me off course. It didn't come to destroy my life. It came to save my life because I don't know where I would have been had it it not been for that accident. I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you right now. I guarantee it. My life would have obviously taken a different trajectory. I could have been a statistic. I should have been, I don't know, right? I'm not saying that my life was any more difficult than many other people. I know a lot of people that have had it more difficult than I. Yet I look back at my life and I realized that that accident was a blessing, that I accident put me on the trajectory I needed to be. And that, you know, learning that from Tony, I realized that I didn't have the father that I wanted. I didn't have the father that I deserved. I didn't have the childhood that I wanted and deserved, but I had the childhood and I had the father and I had the situations in my life that I needed to have to become the man that I am today right? Because that's what happens in life. Things happen to make you the person that you're destined to become, to maybe have the impact that I need to have on the people who I get to communicate and share my story with, right? I also learned that, you know, where focus goes, energy flows, right? If you focus on crap, crap expands. You focus on the good stuff, good stuff expands. So you really got to think about where it is that you're, you're you're looking. So now I've been in real estate for 30 plus years. I've been in multiple businesses because of the real estate, everything from you know, a a 44 stall equestrian center to a bar, restaurant, nightclub, to um, different construction companies Own my own real estate, commercial real estate portfolio, my own residential real estate portfolio, got out of that. I'm still involved in real estate. Now I'm with a company called EXP and helping them grow their brand as well. Continue to do that. And I'm involved in a lot of other, a lot of other things and a lot of other interesting things that are coming up, even through Clubhouse. I'm still getting involved in many of the other things. I started a movement called Get Up and Grow, helping people grow through what they go through. Because I, after 21 years with Tony and the last 11 in leadership and the last couple of years as a trainer for Tony, I've had the opportunity to go around the world with him and help thousands upon thousands of people through his program and having those breakthroughs in their personal, phys- their personal emotional and even their business life, right? So uh, it's something that I'm passionate about. I feel that it's my social responsibility to give it back, to share it with people. Right to share my story to share you know the 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 path that I was able to find to get away from those dark moments and to overcome and the path to forgiveness and the path to acceptance and the path to um, just just drive right and knowing that there's something else that's out there that's better than where I've been right so there's so much that I've learned from Tony that I, I owe him my life I think he, he, he you know saved my life in many ways. Because I've gotten a different perspective. I was able to look at my life, look back now with a different set of optics, with a different lens. Yeah, no, yeah. So, listen, I, I credit Tony Robbins for a lot of things in my life because I figured out a lot of different things, you know, the way our mind works and why we do what we do. And when you figure that out, you can understand why other people do what they do. And by doing that, it just makes you a better communicator, makes you able to understand and you listen better and you're in a different position. And as a trainer, basically, Tony teaches the trainers how to do what he does from stage. I don't know if you've ever been to a Tony event, but you know, those interventions that you see, well, if you haven't watched, if you haven't been to an event, at least check out his movie. Uh, I am not you. It's a documentary. I am not your guru on uh, Netflix. Pretty amazing. Um, if it, nobody's, if, if you've never experienced anyone who's never experienced an event should watch that. And it is life-changing, life-altering, and none of it's stage, It's crazy, and it looks like magic and stuff. Uh, not magic, actually. That's probably not the right way of saying it. But how we can communicate and and and, and help people get through things is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, um, again, having had that experience, I've, I feel it's my social responsibility to give it back, to share it with people, which is what I've been doing on Clubhouse, which is what I do when I can. And certainly, I made a business out of it as well. So I do work with people one-on-one. You know, it's high-level uh, strategy sessions. Um, I like to say I'm a strategist, not a coach, that everybody else says, because um, I, I I don't talk about anything that I haven't lived and experienced one-on-one. I didn't just read the book, and I didn't just go to the seminar and decide that I'm going to be a coach. I've lived, I've I've lived it, and I can I can speak uh, to it firsthand. Uh, so yeah, this movement called uh, Get Up and Grow. Uh, where, again, I help people grow through what they go through. Because until we grow through what we go through, we keep going through it, right? You know, so many people, we've heard that, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, so many people get, die at 25 and only get buried at 75. What does that mean? That means they live the same year 50 times because they, they get stuck at a certain point and they don't grow through whatever that trauma, whatever that relationship, whatever that mistake was that they that they've made in the past. So they just relive it. And forgetting that that our past does not define us unless we live there, and when you look at your past and you're just living in your past, then you keep reliving the same bullshit story over and over again. And one of the, this is in line that's famously quoted by Tony: "Is the only reason you don't have what you whatever it is you say you want is because of the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't have it." And that comes from our past, right? So it's about overcoming that story. You can live the life of your dreams. You can live and be who it is that you were intended to be that your desk's calling you to be. Right. So that's what I help people do. I help them tap into that, to that, that source, to that, to get gain that clarity, to find their purpose and their passion. Um and that's what I do. I only work with a handful of clients a year just because again, it is pretty high level. And um and I, I've got several other businesses that I run. So there's only so much that one man can do. And now like I said, Clubhouse has come in to throw a bit of a monkey wrench in that. So I'm navigating uh, navigating through the platform now, which is fine. Listen, I'm, I'm making so many great connections and I've just committed some time to making it happen. So that's a little bit about me. Um, so I'm still doing that. Uh, and yeah, a lot of great things on the horizon.
1: Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing that about yourself. And there's a lot of really cool lessons in there too that people can take away. Um, one that I really love and I'd like to commend you on is just you are an advocate of sharing your story and like recognizing that there's power in sharing your story. And I feel like you just executed that like to a T. You did very well <laughs> just sharing your story uh, in a way that was really moving and helpful. And so I appreciate that. Um, if we want to lean that way too, what are some tips uh, to share with people if they want to you know be better about sharing their story?
0: Well, you know one of the things I, I talk about a lot, whether you're sharing it on clubhouse, whether you're sharing it on a phone call, whether you're sharing it on a stage or, or on a podcast, wherever it is that you're sharing, it's about com- the proper communication. So communication is only seven percent what you say, the words you use. The other 93% are your inflection, your speed, your tempo. How are you using your body? Are you using the volume? And and and, and, and are are you speaking with enough air in your lungs? Because even that, you know, the way you speak, you, you can't just, when you're finishing up a sentence, you can't just finish a sentence like this. Because people are like, oh, are you done? And Clubhouse is a perfect example of that. You know, people cut in. People cut in because you've stopped on a low note and they think you're finished. And the same thing, when we're having a conversation, I can just say exactly what I'm saying right now. And that could be to be the end of my sentence, or it could be just a brief pause because there's power in that pause. But when you pause, you've got to pause on the high because look, because right now you see how you're like, what are you going to say next? You're kind of <laughs> yep. hanging on it, right? Yeah. So as opposed to like, you know, you got to, when you're speaking, you know, you got to have that pause. You're like, okay, um, is he done? So it's communication is an important component of it, making sure that you're breathing properly, making sure that you're enunciating, making sure that you're clear. Uh, and of course, I tend to speak really quickly because from, I'm from New Jersey so that and, and Portuguese, so that <laughs> kind of is an automatic. Uh, yet, depending on the crowd that you're speaking with, you need to deliver at a certain tempo. So I think that that's an important part of it. Really, the biggest tip that I that I tell people is, you know, Proper communication, it's, an, it's a transfer of energy. It's an energetic transference, as it were, right? So it's not just the words that we use. It's how are you using the words. Are you speaking from your head or are you speaking from your heart? When you speak from your head, it gets absorbed and listened to in the head, analytically. When you speak from your heart with passion and people really feel that you're being sincere, it gets heard and absorbed and felt in the heart. Right. Because two people can tell you the exact same thing. And with one, you resonate. You're like, wow, hell yeah. The other guy's like, what the hell is he talking about? They just said the same thing, but it's how they delivered it. So I think your delivery is really important. Um, And just speak from the heart. And I I tell people all the time, and I spoke to you when we spoke last, I said, it's important to just speak about what it is that you really believe in and that you know to be true. So many people try to be somebody else. And the reality of it is, you've got to be you. That's your superpower. Nobody else is you, right? They could have had the same exact experience yet have a completely different perception of what happened. You know, I was speaking today about, you know, infamously to, to and again, this can happen with, even with voice and and and, and with everything else, but the perception of, of and perspective that people have is a lot. It, it's, you know, and this may be, maybe a little left field, but you know, the way I I I work is when it comes to my mind, and I feel that that's what I need to share. So, uh, I shared today how there was infam- uh, infamously a photo of Prince Harry about a year and a half or two years ago. One picture, like it showed him like like giving everyone the bird, and there, it was outrage out. Like I can't believe he just gave everybody the bird. Everybody's like, no, he didn't. He didn't. And then it turns out that was just the angle that it was taken from, because from the other side, you just see that he's waving at the crowd. But because of the angle of his hand, it looked like he was flipping the bird. But in reality, he was just waving high. So perspective is everything, right? How you're looking at things. Uh, So anyway, back to to sharing stories and the importance of sharing stories. Um, I tell people all the time that your story is yours, but it's not yours to keep. Your story is yours to share because it's by sharing your story that you give other people permission to do the same. And there's a saying that, you know, by sharing your story, you give other people permission to do the same and you allow them to free themselves from the prison that they've been living in. And I believe that to be true. I go a little further to say that when you share your story, you're basically pulling back the curtains into a dark and opening the window into a dark room because you cannot take away darkness. All you can do is add light. And so many times the pain that we're feeling of the, of, of, of the incidents and things that have happened in our past, many times that we're embarrassed to speak of, are just that dark place and we're in a dark place. And when you can pull back those drapes, pull back those curtains and open the window, you let light and air into that room and you start the healing process, not just for you, but for whoever is hearing your story. So I tell people that it's important to, for you to share your story. Somebody out there needs to hear it. You know, there's an analogy that we all hear about, you know, the, in business, the man at the top of the mountain or the person, to be more politically correct, the person at the top of the mountain didn't land there. They had to climb that mountain. And usually that's referred to as business. But if we look at life as a mountain, the person at the top of the mountain that's happy and is sitting on the plateau and enjoying life didn't land there. They had to climb the mountain. And I say this, that the most, the more treacherous and difficult and arduous the journey up the mountain, the more important it is for you to share your story because and journal it because the story, your story of your journey up the mountain could be somebody else's survival guide because there's somebody that that is stuck on the mountain now on the dark side of the mountain, not knowing, not believing anymore that there's a top, that it's just a steady climb that goes on forever and there's not even a sunny side to that mountain. Yet there's somebody else that is just approaching the mountain, just about to start climbing, doesn't know what to expect or to bring it to life maybe there's somebody that's going through a traumatic event right now or has gone through a traumatic event and doesn't know how to handle it and thinks that they're all alone because everybody thinks that their 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 situation is unique and in some cases it is yet they're not alone somebody has been through it and yet there's somebody else still about to go into that traumatic event that if they hear your story, if something happened, they could already be A, maybe be a little forewarned. And at the very least, when they're going through it, they know that they're going to come out the other side and that there's hope on the other side. So it's epically important for you to share your story. Because again, the more, the harder the trek, the more important it is for you to share it. Because there's somebody out there that needs to hear your story. There's somebody out there that's waiting to hear your story. There's somebody out there that whose life you may save by sharing your story. So sharing your story is epically important. That's something I talk about all the time because I know that by my sharing my story I know listen I've been fortunate to be put in, in difficult situations where people were suicidal where people were thinking about doing some unthinkable stuff to themselves and their family and I was happened to be put in the right place at the right time to be able to talk to them and help them through certain things so yeah share your story it's epically important you know the in the, the life you save may be your own you know I'm going sure to share this the other day when I was uh, talking to some other folks. And I said that there was a a um, a video that was playing. Uh, and it came up on Facebook and it's on YouTube. Uh, I don't know the name of it. I probably should have, if I planned on talking to you about this, I would have gotten the name and <laughs> share the link with you. We can certainly find it. And it takes place somewhere in Southeast Asia. And there's a little boy that's running out of a store and a woman catches him. And she starts yelling, him, she hits him. And the little boy's just looking down. And he's crying. A man comes or you like he's looking down, a man comes from across the way, little little outside kitchen, you know, this little this little place, probably in Thailand or something. I'm not sure exactly where, where it takes place. And the man comes over to the little boy, you know, and, and grabs him. The little boy's crying. The woman's like about to hit him. He stops her and he says, and he talks to the little boy in the foreign language, says, What is it? And the little boy went and stole medicine from the from the pharmacy and he says, Is this is this for you? Is it you know, is it for your mom? Is your mom sick? And the little boy just nods. So the man pays, I get a little emotional when I share the story, the man pays the woman and tells his daughter to bring some food for him, which the daughter's annoyed because he gives, he's always giving food to people who need it and not selling it, just give it to him. She's like, yeah, yeah, just give it to me. And he gave it to the little boy and the little boy went home with food and the medicine for his mother. Fast forward 25 or 30 years later, it cuts to, it cuts to the scene of the daughter's in the kitchen and they're working and all of a sudden the man just stops and falls back on his on his back next scene he's in the hospital on a bed with tubes and all kinds of stuff sticking through him and the nurse comes in and hands her a bill and the bill has a six figure six figure sum on it and she just looks at it in horror because she can't pay the bills and she you know cuts to the restaurant closed not making any money and she she she's crying she doesn't know what she's going to do she goes home the next morning she comes in And the bill is there, and it says paid in full with a bottle of medicine, a pint of milk, and a bag of soup 30 years ago. The doctor who, who, who saved her father and performed the procedure was that little boy. Wow. So, like I said, I say sometimes that sometimes the life you save may be your own because, you know, life sometimes is a boomerang, Right. You do good, it comes back at you, you do bad, it can come back at you too, so it's so it's epically important, man, just to be a good person and to do what you can and share your story so i've I've spoken already too much. this is uh not the Tony show this is <laughs> so I'll let you uh, dig into that and ask me some more questions.
1: No, I absolutely love that, um, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um how important uh, is forgiving yourself? Not necess- I mean obviously forgiving others but I think in some of the some of the things you just shared it's important too to um not hang on to those those things that may have happened in your past and and there's a real importance and significance to forgiving ourselves too. So I was just wondering what some of your thoughts are on that.
0: Listen, I think it's one of the most important things. You know there's there's you know it's the two what's two the most important pillars i'd say really three you know so we'll call them the three pillars or the three legs to the stool or however you know I've, i've really got to kind of put this together in my head how i'm going to start sharing it this way uh it's forgiveness forgiveness is epically important you know and there's five steps to forgiveness which i i'll share here and you know this is something i just kind of started formulating and The first step is to forgive the person who hurt you. The second step is to forgive the situation, the incident, what happened, right? Overall, what happened, whether it was happened once or happened a dozen times, whatever, just forgive that action, that situation. Next is to forgive because inevitably we, we say, why God, why did you let this happen? Depending on what you believe in or the universe, why did this have to happen to me? So you forgive you know, the higher power. If you believe in that, if not, you can just skip that step altogether. And the step number four is the hardest one of all. And I'll come back to it. I'm gonna, it was, it's so hard, I'm gonna skip it. And then last one, of course, is to forgive yourself. Now, again, in forgiving ourselves, it's important because, you know, we always say, why me, what did I do to deserve this? What could I have done wrong? it's It's my fault, why why? so it's and you can forgive yourself, yet there's something there's a step that you need to do in between. And I say this is difficult because many times people are hurt, you know, children are molested, and you know it's not their fault. You got hit by a car, you're standing in the corner. It's not your fault. Bad things happen, it's not your fault. So this is where it gets it's difficult. Step number four is assuming responsibility for your role in that situation. Now that works great you know, for divorces and business messes and everything else, because we all have responsibility in that, right? We have to own it. Now it's a lot more difficult when you are innocent and you were a child or you know, whatever it is. The one thing I say is just ex- accept responsibility just for a split second that you were alive that moment in time, you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, whatever it is, just own it just for a second so that then you can forgive because you can't forgive yourself blatantly if you haven't owned your part in that, right? So to own your part in violence or whatever it is, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't say that to hurt anyone or to offend anyone. I know that, you know, right now there's somebody listening saying, screw that guy. What the hell, what does he know? I get it. And I listen, and I'm saying this because people have told me this in person, in front of me when I've done this. So I understand, yet yeah, it's important to just acknowledge it just for a second. Obviously it's not your fault. Yet, yeah, just own the fact that you were alive in that moment in time. And then you can go back and you can forgive yourself. And there's a whole process behind that. Then I go through the whole Pono Pono. And um, and it's an important component. And, you know, to, to just go back, and I probably should have started with this and just say that, you know, there's that old analogy that Buddha says that um, holding on to anger and 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 whatever other negative emotion and hate is like holding onto a hot coal in your hand and waiting for your enemy to come by. Your enemy's never gonna come by and the only person you're hurting is yourself. We've all heard that, right? I'm gonna elaborate on that because I don't think it's the only person you hurt is yourself. I think, for example, if you're hurt, you have a sprained ankle, you have a broken toe, you have a, an earache or a toothache, how pleasant are you to be around with your clients, with your teammates, with your team members, with your employees, with your employers, with your family, how pleasant are you? You're not, not
1: pleasant, not pleasant,
0: <laughs> right? Matter at all. And perhaps you're still functioning and you're, you're working through the pain. So you're still being efficient. You're still being effective enough. You're still pleasant enough, perhaps, because you've learned to live with it yet. You're not your best self. So when you're holding on to that coal and you're in pain. You're in pain. That's hurting you. Are you really showing up as your best self? It's not true that the only person you're hurting is yourself. You're hurting everyone else that you're coming in contact with because they're not getting the best version of you. I've been guilty of it. I have. I've been guilty of it a lot. Yet, you know, we're all a, a, a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. So it's important to forgive because when you forgive, it's not about the other person. It's not about making it okay. It's not okay. It's not giving them a a, a a a free card, a free get out of jail free card. It's about giving you that get out of jail free card. It's about freeing you from the prison that you've been living in. Because the reality of it is, if you're just thinking about it, this person might be dead long gone. He may be another part of the world. She may be another part of the world doing whatever, not even thinking about you. Yet you're reliving this over and over in your head. So you're the one now re-victimizing yourself from something that happened so long ago. Maybe it was last year or whenever it was. So just remember this, that pain is part of life. Suffering, however, is a choice. It's a choice that we make. It may not be a conscious choice, but it is a choice that we make. We don't have to suffer the pains of yesterday because your past is in the past. And you don't have to, you know, and you don't have to live there. And your past was a bruise, not a tattoo. You don't have to wear the mistakes or the pains of your past moving forward through life. You have to let go in order to move forward because you can't grab onto the future with both hands if you still have one hand holding onto the past, right? So that's why so many times people that there's that saying that people die at 25 only get buried at 75 because they live the same 50 years over and over again, because they've never found their way back to happiness. They've never found their way out of that pain and into the freedom that's available to them. So epically important forgiveness, epically, epically important, because by forgiving, you free yourself. You free yourself so you can knock down that prison, knock down that stone prison that you built, knock down that that stone wall that you built to protect yourself from other people because while you're protecting yourself from other people, you're also keeping out the love that you wish you had. Right? So forgiveness is the key to knocking down that wall. Forgiveness is the key to not only knock down that wall, but start to use that those stones to be the foundation of the new life that it is that you want. The new life that you deserve, the life that you say it is you want. So it's about letting go, forgiving, and then just moving on and looking at life with gratitude. At being grateful for what you have. Because it's easy to be grateful for what you had yesterday. It's easy to be grateful for the meal, for the dinner you had yesterday. It's even easy to be grateful for the meal you're having today. It's not as easy to be grateful for the, the meal that's coming next Friday because it's not here yet. So when we're grateful, I, I, I use the term being grateful forward. When you're grateful forward and you, you're grateful ahead for what's coming, you start to attract things into your life. Right? You're focusing on what it is you want, not what it is you don't. You're not focusing on the past. You're focusing on the future. And as you focus on the future, you know, the law of attraction and how that works is quite literally, you focus on what it is that you want and you draw it towards you. Yes, you draw it towards you, but that's not enough. You've also got to take steps in the direction of your dreams because, as the saying goes, you have to be an active participant in your own salvation. You've got to be an active participant in getting what it is that you want. You know, that's where the movie in the book, The Secret, stopped short. They said, yeah, you know, just wish it into your life. Attracted, attracted, attracted. Yeah, but you can't do it sitting on the couch expecting to hit the lottery if you never went out and bought the damn ticket. Right. So you've got to be that active participant. You've got to, again, gratitude is a huge component of it. And I think that everybody should have that that daily practice of gratitude, that daily practice of uh, having really the right morning Routine or the morning ritual, the morning habits, having that those, those that 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 morning uh, incantation affirmation, a lot of people say, "Oh, I don't have a morning routine and that you know that, that incantation stuff that's bullshit. no, no, actually, it's not you have one. you have a morning routine. It, maybe it just sucks, and maybe it's not serving you, but you have a morning routine. You may not believe in incantations, but you got one, except instead of your incantation empowering you. Maybe you're saying not another day or man, you look like today. Oh, I feel like same different day. That's an incantation that we don't even realize we're doing. So it's about is, is your incantation serving you or is it hurting you? Because the words we use wield power, boy, Woo! man, <laughs> do they wield power. Yeah. And if we understood how much power they wield, we wouldn't say them. Think about Think about you know the limerick that we all heard as kids. You know we thought we were doing well by th- saying this because it's the anti-bullying thing, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, if that ain't the furthest damn thing from the truth, <laughs> the sticks and stones will hurt you, and you'll heal. A week, ten days, you're healed up, no problem. You're good to go. If the bone broke, guess what? In a couple of weeks, it's 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 stronger than it was before. But words. Boy, words cut deep. And some people go to, go, to, go to their deathbed with the words that were told to them 67 years ago that they would never amount to anything or they're not good enough or they're this or they're that or they're the other thing. So, words matter. Words, when we speak them, they wield power. They can either strengthen that inner warrior inside of you or they can weaken that inner warrior or they can weaken that inner God or goddess or that, or that child inside of you. So you got to make sure that you stand guard and, you know, put a watch over your mouth as, as I, I forget who it was that said it, uh, maybe Earl Nightingale. Keep a watch over your mouth. In other words, watch the words that are coming out of your mouth, because the reality of it is your mind is listening. You are always listening to you. And the most important conversation you'll have any day of the your life is indeed the conversation you have with yourself.
1: I absolutely love all of that. And I feel like there's so many things that, you know... I always get more out of it sometimes when I'm, when I'm going through re-listening to these and editing these and, and taking notes. And I would just encourage the the listeners maybe to, to even take notes or go back and listen and take notes and just pick out all the different principles and lessons that are in the stories that you've shared. And in the analogies that you've shared and examples that you've shared, there's just so much we could take out of it. Um, we have been a little bit uh, heavier topics throughout this episode, so I want to kind of spice things up a little bit and get to some more fun, lighthearted topics. Um, Let's do it. One would be, I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is fun or lighthearted, but one would be you've mentioned that you met Tony Robbins 21 years ago, and I was just curious to know how that interaction was, like how you met each other, and then maybe some of the funnest, some of the funnest moments you've had with him along the way.
0: Well, listen, I, you know, when I say I met Tony Robbins, I I only personally met him, I don't know,
1: years later, um, it was when I personally
0: met him and, you know, at at a dinner and, um, and, 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 you know, we got to spend a little bit of time together, you know, we, I feel like I've known the man for 21 years, even longer, because I was listening to some cassettes before I even went to an event, right? So, um, so actually when I, when I first had the occasion to, to you know, we, we'd we see each other in passing in the events and yet never had more than just a couple of words. Um, it was probably, you know, so this was kind of cool. When that movie came out, it was probably four or five years ago. I don't even remember exactly when it was. Um, you know, the event was, it was a private screening and there was a, a, a party beforehand in Manhattan at a penthouse. And, you know, we went and we, you know, we were just talking and He's a regular guy. You know, the one thing I like about Tony is that he is he's a hell of a businessman. He's he's brilliant. His delivery of, of content is uh, is second to none. Um and uh, you know, funny story where, you know, after the we did the, the the party and then we went to to the uh the the screening of the movie and then afterwards we went to a nightclub and <laughs> there was a friend of mine there. That said, man, listen, you know, I, you know I, 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 I'm not sure he says, just listen, make sure that, you know, you're you keep your jacket on or whatever, because you never know when one of these pictures will make a magazine or, or something. I'm like, dude, look around. There's actors and actresses and models going around. What the hell are the odds that you or I are going to be in this magazine? And uh, and indeed, there were. It was, it was an amazing party, an amazing event. And then the next day I get a call from this friend of mine. I was like, dude, what the hell? I'm like, what? and it was like seven in the morning i'm like you don't know i'm like no what dude we got home at like three o'clock in the morning it's seven in the morning why are you calling me he says look at this and he sends me a, a copy of uh of a uh, of an article at in the magazine and uh and and the, the photograph on the cover was uh was me and tony and and joe berlinger so i thought that was that was a that was a fun night and a fun event uh with tony and listen there's just been so many um, there's been so many aha moments that I've had, uh, over the years, just with him and my Tony Robbins family that I call them family because, uh, they are, I've been with them for so many years. Um, it's just been, it been a hell of an amazing ride, hell of an amazing ride from jumping off of, you know, from walking on fire and, and building fires and sending thousands of people through fires on the firewalk that we have on the first day of unleashed the power within to, um, climbing telephone poles and jumping off of them and just all kinds of crazy stuff that we've done over the years and board breaking and so many, so many, just, just, there's just been a lot of fun along the way, you know, and life is fun. you know, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right, right? So you got to find a little time to laugh. You got to find a little time to have fun in life because, um, life's too short to do anything, but, uh, but, but just work and and struggle and everything else. You've got to take some time, uh, to recalibrate and to laugh and to have fun.
1: And you guys are inspiring so many people's lives or influencing them, changing their lives. Literally, Um, it is just insane. I mean, almost any single video I've, I see of yours or of Tony Robbins, it's just, it's usually something that just hits the soul, hits home to people and makes them self-evaluate and reflect and, and literally get up and change themselves, you know? And so, it's crazy what you guys are doing out there. Um Having fun but and changing the world by helping so many people.
0: (laughs) And listen, we all change the world. You know, I I say this, you know, that, you know, when we, we all have an opportunity to help each other, there's a saying, I don't know whose quote it is, but it says, if you have the opportunity to help somebody do it, because God may be answering their prayers through you. Right, and I think that's important to to always be there helping somebody else. Be that person uh, that that stands in, be the person for someone else that you wish you had when you were going through that problem, right? And I think that that's really what it is. It's about giving back. It's it's the good we do on this earth, as Muhammad Ali said, is the rent we pay for our time on this earth, right? That's the rent we pay for our for our, for our go around. Because you know, as the saying goes, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, so. The good we do, they say you can't take it with you. You can't, you can't take, the only thing you can take with you when you go is the good you've done while you were here is what you've given away, not what you've made. It's what you've given that you get to take with you. It's the impact that you make and we can all make an impact. And we all have a responsibility, I think, at some point to do that. And I think that the sooner we get there through life, the better it is for you and for 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 humanity. You know, they say that the, that that um it, it, normally people tend to be a lot more generous and more philanthropic as they get older because they're starting to, they 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 start to learn and they they start to make that connection because the, the longest journey that most people will ever undertake is about eighteen inches that's the space from their head to their heart, and the sooner you can make that journey. On your journey of life, right? Because it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Yet, one of the destinations that you should be striving for is that connection back to your heart. Because the sooner you can get there, the sooner you can start to give back. The sooner you can experience life in a different way. And um, I think that's that's part of the mission of life. You know, the 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 greatest gift any one of us has ever been given is the gift of potential, and the greatest gift you can ever give back is to tap into it and use it. But not just for yourself, but for others. Right? Find that gift and give it away. Because we can all we can all we can all change the world. And it starts with changing ourselves. It starts with us changing our families, our 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 neighbors, our community, our city, our state, our country. That's how you change the world. It's it's that grassroots effort. So if you have the opportunity to help somebody do it, you know, I share a story and I know we're probably approaching the top of the hour. So you're gonna have some editing to do here. Uh <laughs> You know, when people say that Tony Robbins has changed the world, and in many cases, he has, because he's literally spoken to millions of people. Personally, spoken to, not personally, you know what I mean, from the stage, spoken to millions of people and helped millions of people. The ripple effect of that is untold. How do you know? I know that I've been able to affect a lot of people's lives. And so, as everybody that's been to one of his events, never mind the trainers, never mind the senior leaders, the people that are more intimately involved, or the people that he inspired that then go on to be speakers and do their own stages and everything else, the ripple effect is un, un, there's no way to quantify that. So, people say that he's a hero. People say that he changed the world for many people, and it's true he has. Yet, he shares a story of when he was 11 years old and one of his big things is he's part of uh, feeding america and feed, and feed a billion and he's already given out hundreds of millions of meals he's fed hundreds of millions of people not only through his own donations but also through you know organizations like i happen to help run a new jersey power uh, new jersey power team or new jersey basket brigade where during the holidays we put together thanksgiving baskets and everything else with turkeys and everything you need to make a meal so together with that it's been hundreds of uh, hundreds of millions of meals that he's been able to provide and he did that because when he was 11 years old and he was, he was, they were poor and they didn't have much. And he was living with his stepfather at the time and his mother. And, you know, there was a knock at the door on Thanksgiving and the man was, there's your father home. And he went to call him and he came back and he went to hand him this, 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 this box with a turkey and everything you need for Thanksgiving dinner. And he went to him he said, we don't take any chair." And he slammed the door on him. The man put his foot in the door, said, sir, all your pride. This isn't for you. It's for It's for your family. Think of of your kids. And he took it and he slammed the door and didn't even say thank you. Now, I'm here to tell you that that man changed the world. That man was was an influencer. Yet he's an unsung hero. Nobody knows who that man was. But he changed the world because he changed the world for one person. And that person went out to change the world. So if you have the opportunity to help somebody do it because... You may not be the person that changes the world, but you might change the the life of the person that goes on to change the world and make the impact. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely love it. Well, and thank you very much for for joining me on Upbeat, Tony. I want to make sure I do this last quick segment with you. I don't know if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, but I do this little short segment at the end called The Upbeat Seat, uh, where I put the experts in the upbeat seat where we go through some quick questions and i beatbox your name that kind of stuff so uh just to, to kick it off tony what makes you upbeat
0: listen i think that uh we've got to live our life and we got to have fun and make sure that we take time to laugh i tell my mother all the time i rather laugh at the sinners than cry with the saints and i tell people you've got to make time to laugh laugh at yourself and if you can't laugh at yourself call me and I'll laugh at you.
1: No charge. <laughs> Who is your number one influence or inspiration?
0: Um, well, my number one influence as far as, you know, it's Tony Robbins is one of my biggest mentors and influencers. Uh, I'm also influenced and, and, and inspired by, you know, my, my, my wife and children and um, yeah, and the, the people that are making an impact in the world
1: what music do you enjoy listening to to stay upbeat and motivated
0: and there's the, i am kind of uh i listen to a little bit of everything i just don't listen to a lot of heavy metal like they're heavy stuff or heavy rap but everything in between uh i i love to listen to you know it, i it depends on my mood i've i've been through phases of listening to christian music which is interesting because i'm i'm not hyper religious Mm -hmm. Uh, yet there's a place and a time for that. I love blues. I love, um, I love Michael Buble. I love Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I'm kind of all over the place with, uh, with, with, I love classical music. So I'm, 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 I'm one of these people that just likes to listen to a lot of different, uh, different things. It all depends on the mood.
1: Awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite TV shows right now? Right
0: now? Uh, I'll tell you what I was watching. Um, what was I watching? Uh, Yellowstone.
1: Yellowstone. Uh, which,
0: yeah, Yellowstone was a, was it was a badass show that I was watching. Uh, <laughs> can't wait for that to come back. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, a, lot, a whole lot of uh, shows, uh, just because time. Uh, you know, I don't want to commit to a blacklist. Was another one that I really enjoyed, and I, I think love, it's back on. So I gotta catch I up to a couple of I love
1: Blacklist, and I haven't seen the new season either. Off to get on that. Um, favorite social media platform and where people can best connect with you.
0: Well, clubhouse is right now my favorite (laughs) social media platform. Uh, certainly on Instagram, you can connect with me at Tony Rodriguez 2.0. That's Tony Rodriguez with an S 2.0. And you can also just, if you just, here's a cool thing. If you hashtag get up the letter N grow, hashtag get up and grow, you can find me. It's kind of a cool thing that I didn't even know until somebody pointed that out about two months ago. (laughs) Hashtag that so much over the last five or six years that uh, it's pretty much my my hashtag. So you can find me social media or face, uh, rather Instagram or Facebook through that.
1: Awesome. Well, and thank you very much for being on Upbeat, Tony. I'm going to send this out by uh, doing a quick beatbox with your name in it. And uh, right. Forewarning, you might not hear most of it because you know Zoom is choppy, but I've got it recorded on this end. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll listen to it afterwards.
1: dude
0: that's amazing seriously (laughs) I can't wait to listen to it you know I heard the vocals of it but the sound a lot of it went out but I can't wait to listen to that amazing (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, I, thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. I'd I love to share. Um, and hopefully that inspired and in, uh, uh, you know other people in your audience to go ahead and share their stories and forgive and um, gratitude and go out and help someone, you know, and I'll, I'll end it with this and say, you know, this is a quote by Sai Baba. It's, I, I think it's a very spiritual um, line and I've been sharing a lot this week because I was involved with the Texas 911 and raising money for Texas. And it was that hands that serve are holier than lips that pray. So I would just encourage everyone to be the hands that serve and go and help somebody today because uh, one day you may be the one that needs the help. And perhaps you have needed help in the past. And even if there was no one there, be that person for someone else today.
1: Awesome. Absolutely love that. Couldn't think of a better way to send this, send this episode out. There's a lot of inspiration and wisdom shared uh, in this episode. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. I I know they enjoyed it, but uh, thank you again, Tony, for being on Upbeat. Have a good one.
0: Thank you, man. Appreciate being here.
1: So there you have it. My interview with Tony Rodriguez, such a phenomenal guy. We'd love to connect with you. You can find me on my website, parkerkane.co, parkercane.co, and Tony on his website, getupandgrow.com. That's getup, the letter N, grow.com. If you enjoyed this episode or got value from the episode, guys, please leave an upbeat review and share it with a friend. That is always so much appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician,
0: speaker, and show host, Parker K.
1: Subscribe at parkerk.co.